Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet everybody, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. For those of you who are listening live, watching live, maybe you're watching live on social media right now and you're like, whoa, there she is, her and her wild hair and her funky glasses. Look at her. There she is. There I am. Hi, I'm Melissa Yelenish. For those of you who are just tuning in, for those of you who are tuning in and you're like, what, did, what am I walking in on right here? You're walking in on the pleasure zone where I talk about all things sex, bodies, pleasure, intimacy. We talk about it from different perspectives on this show. We talk about it from historical, sociological, psychological, even religious. We have a show coming up in a few weeks all about uh, looking at faith and intimacy, which is very exciting. I'll be talking to an expert in faith and relationships simultaneously. Very excited about that conversation. Have a little sing for the person I'll be talking to. So very excited about that. Um, so what we're talking about today is rejection. Why? Because we've all gone through it. I actually don't know any single one person on this planet who hasn't experienced rejection on some level, whether it's been through friendships, you could have been in kindergarten and somebody was like rejecting you as a friend. You might've been rejected from the time of birth. You might've felt rejected. Maybe you didn't get the love you desired or anything like that. Maybe you got rejected in relationship. Maybe you got rejected at work. There's always rejection going on somewhere. You've probably been rejected. If you've been alive for more than 13 seconds, the chances are you've been rejected. So we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at the value of what rejection can do for allowing us to not only build character, but develop communication skills, find out what we really desire, get really clear learn some new skills like active listening. So all kinds of things that can be useful in relationship, even though it's rejection, it's not fun, right? It's not comfortable. And a lot of my titles, when I know I'm putting out titles for shows that people are generally like, it's not a sexy title. It's not all about a kink. I tend to know that a lot of people are probably gonna shy away from this unless it's a show that they actually really need this information. It's for their sanity. It's because they're going through it and they need this show so that they can feel like maybe they're not alone in this. Maybe they need a little support. And the show, I really hope to offer you support. If you do need extra support outside of this show and you've experienced a lot of rejection and you, you're like, how do I deal with this? I don't even know how to manage my life with all this rejection. You could get rejection from work too. Like there's so many ways we get rejection. We'll talk about that more though. So if you're wondering, how do I deal with rejection? I think one of um, the things to do is, is to get support, right? So if you need that, you can connect with me. You can find me through my website, milicayelenich.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C. 
www.thebookshop.com. At the very bottom, I have a book now link. You can click on that. You can book 15 minutes for free with me. Anytime after that is a paid for time, but feel free to book the 15 minutes free and see what I can offer you. I'm happy to see what I can contribute. So let's, let's get into what is like, what is actually rejection to a lot of people? So I look at, I'm not going to go into the etymology of rejection, even though I do love etymology. I'm going to use it this more from the energetic standpoint of like, how does rejection feel? And for a lot of people, rejection feels like you're being cut off, right? So you, as much as you're trying to include yourself in a relationship to be invited into something, um, it's like you're not being invited in. So that's a rejection or you've asked for uh, an invitation and they've outright and uh, rejected you saying, no, you're not allowed in. Uh, we've had this through many, many different ways, or sometimes rejection can even be quite subtle and you don't even realize you're being rejected. So if you're in a relationship where your partner is, maybe you feel neglected, maybe your partner is very self-involved or their life is very busy. They might be a workaholic. They might be, um, you know, they might have a lot of things that they do on their own and you're not involved. So you might feel rejected. A lot of times, if your love language isn't being delivered, you'll feel rejected as well. So where there's no love there or where there seems to be no love, where you're not seeing the love that you would like to see, it can feel like rejection. So how do we deal with these things? Because it seems really abstract that rejection could actually provide an opportunity for growth but the truth is that it can that even though it can feel terrible um, rejection is one of those things that can help also have you build awareness and clarity on what you desire so if for example if you're if you're a person in the relationship that tends to be more uh, sexually active or interested, then you might find that approaching your partner for, for physical intimacy, for sexual intimacy, and that they're not at the same like sex drive level as you are, you might feel a lot of rejection on a regular basis with your partner not being physically available for you. You might have a partner who's demisexual as well, who takes a lot to be able to be turned on, needs to have the emotional connection, doesn't just get turned on, but on a whim, totally happens. You might also have a partner who's got really low sex drive and that is not a wrong thing at all. It's, it's everybody functions at a different level. It can be frustrating in a relationship when that's the case. However, it's not the end of the world. So what we need to do is learn a few things around communication, which we will be talking about. So when one partner expresses desires or needs and those desires or needs are not met by the other partner, you can tend to feel like you're being ignored, which is a kind of rejection, or like you're not being acknowledged, also kind of rejection. And all of that can cause tension in the relationship, can lead to things like resentment, can lead to feeling like there's distance, can also lead to um, like this feeling of uh, disconnection in the relationship. So 
figuring out how do we bring that back, right? How do we bring back connection when things feel so disconnected? So we're also gonna look at how, how do we do that? How, how do we communicate our needs? How do we communicate our desires? Uh, how do we ask to be seen, right? So it's, it can be an awkward conversation to say, look, you're not, if you could go around saying, look, you're not seeing me, which is a blame, right? And we're, when we're talking about how to communicate, we're gonna be talking about using the I a lot. Like, I feel like you don't, I feel like I would like to be heard. And right now I don't feel heard. Right? So it's wording things so that the blame isn't going out to the partner because this is about your feelings and owning your feelings if you feel rejection it's not about telling the other person they rejected you it's about looking at what is going on that has you feel rejected it's big it's deep isn't it yeah so we're going to look at how rejection can be this really great um, tool for growth for bringing about more dialogue, for being really open about what you, what's coming up for you. And we also wanna see rejection as a sort of a way to open the doors rather than rejection as a way to um, create fights, right? Sometimes rejection will lead to fights. Like you're not doing what I want. You don't provide blah, blah, blah. You, 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 right? And all the blame, right, goes out. So as all that blame goes out, we forget that the thing that we're really asking for is somewhere deep inside of us and we haven't really looked at what is it. So rejection, say for example, I gave the example of a partner who is asking for a lot of, uh, say sexual contact, um, intimacy, physical intimacy in whatever way that happens to show up. And the other partner is not on the same page with that. Maybe their sex drive is different. Maybe they don't feel the same. And things change over time as well. So for the person feeling rejected, the one who's asking and being told no, that that feeling of rejection is something to look at and go, what is it? that I feel would be met if my partner were to provide me with A, B, C, and D. If my partner were to provide me with like all the sex I ever asked for, would I be fulfilled? Now, you might have more fulfillment, but the actual truth of it is there's something deeper, right? So we're looking at like, what is that? And so part of that is to see, is, is the sex actually part of the love languages that you'd like to have filled, which can be one of those di uh, dialects of touch, but ultimately let's go deeper. So if, you, if there is that rejection and you're like, wow, I really don't feel love. My partner doesn't, you know, obviously isn't turned on, obviously isn't turned on by me because they're not having sex with me 12 times a day. Obviously there's a problem here. Obviously I'm rejected. So, if you're feeling like all of this must be so obvious, it might not be so obvious to your partner. They honestly might not even know that they have rejected you. They might truly be thinking, all I said was no a few times, but in the person feeling rejected might feel like that rejection has been said a thousand times. 
So all they hear is no, 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 not interested. Um, and so then the rejection comes in, stories get told and the person who feels rejected, the person who's saying no might not even realize what's happened. Conversation needs to take place. So what is really going on? So I'm going to take this to the sexual rejection because this is usually the conversations I have with a lot of my clients is like they, that it really comes down to um, who, do, you know, one partner would like sex more than the other. And we, you know, then we come into negotiating what that means for them, what they're getting from it, what is well, ultimately, as much as sex is a great release and great endorphins coming out of it, all those happy hormones that can come from having sex, there's usually something else going on that the desire for sex is not just symbolic, but energetically, it can have you feel more connected. So is there a feeling of disconnect? And are you using sex to connect with your partner, your lover, in order to feel acceptance rather than rejection? Are you using sex in order to feel like you're loved? And you might be. And your partner might not be physically able. Maybe there's something going on with them in their health. Or there might be something emotionally going on where they're not able to connect. So maybe they're going through something like a depression or sadness or stress or something. So they're not able to meet you at that level. So this is where a time of some negotiation can be helpful. And also discussing what it is that you need in order to feel like your love languages are being met. And also speaking from the I place, you're gonna start to see what it is that's actually going on inside. So it's an interesting conversation that instead of saying, you know, you don't do this for me and you don't do that for me and you never do, you know, you never wanna get kinky with me. Okay, stop. And think, how would we turn that into an I statement? Okay, you never want to have sex with me. Stop. What is the I statement is, I really enjoy having sex with you. And I would really like to have more sex with you. I really enjoy your body. And I find you really sexy. Do you think we could have more intimacy, more sexual time together? Do you think we could have more sex in general? Do you think we could like, maybe even... It's okay to put it on the calendar too, guys. Like, can we set aside time for this? Because this is something that's really important to me. And when we have sex, I feel more connected to you. I feel more calm. And I feel like my needs are met. How do you feel about that? So including your partner in that, asking them how they feel about it, because the likelihood is they don't even realize half the time that that there that this is going on we often think that our partners must be psychic they've been with us for x amount of time they should know by now right and we do this um thing where it's like really funny we we actually reject ourselves first like they should know um so i shouldn't have to acknowledge my own feelings you see what i'm saying self-rejection and then we're like, but wait a second, they're rejecting me. No, actually, you rejected your feelings first because you weren't willing to state them because you assumed that your partner is God or is a, an extreme psychic. And even when you are with a psychic, 
they don't always know where those feelings are necessarily coming from and they can feel it and also not their job to read you 24 seven because do you really want them to? I'd say you don't, just saying. So from experience, I'm saying, <laughs> even if you're with a psychic, you don't want them to read your brain 24 seven. Don't pretend like you do because you don't. So we are actually going to go to our first commercial break because I just realized it's commercial time. So you're listening to the Pleasure Zone here on Inspire Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we are talking all about the value of rejection. And I know it sounds crazy because how can rejection be any good? Now, I'm sure you've heard, you know, your grandparents say, it's good to fail. Failure is a good thing. It's the same with rejection, right? So rejection can actually be an, an incredibly valuable component to relationships. As I as I, uh, as I mentioned um, earlier, we were talking about being able to recognize the I part in rejection. So if you're feeling rejected and you want to say something to your partner, keep it in the I form. Like, I would really love to have sex with you. It helps me feel connected to you. Instead of saying, why don't, why don't you want to ever have sex with me? <laughs> right? Very accusatory, which is a really great way to start a fight. Now, if you get off on fights, go for it. Start with accusations, build on accusations. Um, however, if fights don't turn me on, then start with the I, own it. I really love to have sex with you. And I'm hoping 
Uh, would it be possible that we could have more of that? Thank you so much, good sir. So <laughs> the value of rejection for relationship growth is our conversation tonight, if you're just jumping in now. For those of you who are just jumping in right now and you have not actually ever heard of this show before, you're in for a treat. There are over 400 episodes available of The Pleasure Zone, and you can be sure to download them on the Inspired Choices Network smartphone app. So go over to any of where you get your apps, and you can download the Inspired Choices Network app. You can access all my episodes there. So fun and so easy. I can be with you all the time. You can also find us on other uh, podcast locations, but if you go right on to the Inspired Choices one, it's right there. Just with that sound too, it's right there. So <laughs> rejection, I know it, it can be excruciatingly painful to experience and I've been through it. I've been through it more than once. And I know I've also rejected people. And I know that even sometimes being on the other side, having to be the one that rejects is equally as painful as rejecting somebody else. Now. If you're a people pleaser, you'll probably not reject people uh, outside of yourself. You'll reject you instead of rejecting others. So you'll say yes, yes, yes to everyone, even though it might be to your detriment. So people pleasers, my friends out there, actually learning to do rejection, learning the value of no, no is a complete sentence, is actually very healthy. So rejection to me, as long as you're not coming from cruelty. Some people are just mean about it. And I'm talking about generally healthy relationships where people would like to have conversation and they'd like to build on things and heal something if there's issues going on is a little bit different than somebody who's just outright cruel and uh, rejecting. Um, to me, that's like what happens in schoolyards when kids are just being cruel and saying, you can't play, you don't have the right toy, you're not part of the group, you don't know our secret language, blah, blah, blah. Part on that, rejection. That's rejection and that's cruel rejection. There's also rejection where a person is saying no to you because they're honoring them. And that is really cool. I actually just had a conversation with a client the other day. Um, she was in a lot of distress. I, have, I get that a lot uh, for the work I do. And so I got on the phone with her and she really, she wanted to apologize for not coming in so uh, I occasionally travel in uh, to work at another location and I'll contact people to let them know I'll be in the area and usually she's able to go and this is one of the first times she didn't go and she said no I can't come. I said okay that's cool and um, she apologized to me and I said oh darling you have no idea how proud I am of you because usually you will go out of your way and actually make yourself almost exhausted to try and come and see me to be a people pleaser. And this is progress. To me, this is progress that you honored you and you said no. Uh, she was kind of confused by it at first. And then she was like, wow, thank you for like not being weird. I'm like, why would I be worried about it? I'm not, you owe me nothing, honestly. So, and I owe you nothing. Like we're very clear on that. Like you come when you, require it and you don't come if you don't require it um and I think for her it was one of the first times she didn't have to people please maybe in the good 70 years of her life so uh, I value I value when people 
um, can do that. So for me, the value of rejection and people saying no to me, I've actually practiced receiving no for a very long time. Even years before I even got into business, I would practice no's in the weirdest ways. I and and then sometimes I needed to practice yes as a as a response too because I was expecting a no because I would ask for things that were kind of like ludicrous to people I thought would only say no. I'll give you an example. Um, when I was in my twenties, um, I was walking around the streets of Toronto. I wasn't a street walker. I didn't live on the streets or anything like that at the time. I have never lived on the streets. I've come close, but I haven't. Um, so I was walking around the streets and I bumped into somebody who was asking for money. And I said, oh, well, actually, I probably have less money than you. He's like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I owe money to the government right now for my like student loans. I owe like 30 something thousand dollars. Do you owe money? He's like, no. And so you have zero and I have negative 30,000. So you have more than me. Would you give me money? And he actually stopped for a second and he thought about it and he went to go hand me money. And I was like, it's actually okay. I just wondered if you'd be willing to give me money. Um, and I had on occasion also asked other people for money too, just to see if I would get it. Um, not from a, um, not from like a perspective of, oh, they, they owe me or something. It was like a, a curious social experiment. If there had been social media back then and I had filmed all that, I probably would have gone viral. But, you know, there wasn't. So now there's all these other people going around doing the same thing. And I'm like, y'all stole my ideas. But that's okay. I'm all about learning about rejection and learning to receive no's. And sometimes asking the most ridiculous times for things is fun, like going to a restaurant, even though knowing you could pay for it. How fun is it to just go, hey, could I get this for free? And sometimes it's weird. People will actually say yes. Um, I generally pay anyway, but it's fun to just ask and see. So you can practice no's. You can practice rejection with things that aren't significant to you, with things that aren't going to break your heart. So that when you are in relationship and somebody might say no to you, uh, it's not as it's not as biting as it might feel. You might feel it can, rejection can almost feel like a venom that gets in your body and it's like a poison and you don't know how to get rid of it. And then it turns into anger and hate and resentment and all this other stuff. So if you don't reject you first, if you learn how to the value of no and you can like go out and receive no's and it's just like very casual, you can also get that, that you are being supported in this process of receiving no's and the value of rejection is to learn how to to do that and so I'm just giving you that one example of going out and receiving random no's I do it for fun I honestly it's just like a fun thing and I've taken my uh, kids friends out and had them try it and they get so awkward <laughs> I'm just like go ask for stuff see what happens ah, it's not the end of the world somebody's going to say no you what what's the big deal right? So if you can learn rejection, uh, I think if you can learn rejection as young as possible, the better off you are. So if you can even teach kids no and learning rejection, right? Learning the value of no at a very young age is very valuable. No, 
end of story. No. So then what do we do? We're going to learn how to work with um, some of these feelings of rejection with your partner so that you can feel less sadness, less frustration, and start to have a very functional relationship with better communication. So what does better communication look like? I'm going to give you a few clues on some better communication. Uh, the first one we're going to look at is practicing empathy and active listening. So I actually was thinking about this because I had uh, my cousin and her kids over on the weekend and was watching my kid be at the age of 15, use a bunch of tools that I used as a parent with my child. And I watched this and I was like, wow, look at you practice empathy and teach empathy. It was really cool to see that um, there's like a little squabble going on. Somebody was stealing somebody else's boots with, I say stealing because they said they borrowed, but there was no permission. And I explained that borrowing happens when you ask and you're given permission. Stealing is when you take it without asking or haven't been given permission. That was like a big thought for an eight-year-old to think about. And then um, Ziva, my kid, was saying, how would you feel if somebody did that to you, right? That's the question for empathy. Now, a lot of us are naturally empathic and we feel other people's feelings, but we don't know what's going on and we don't know how to decipher it. So the question comes in is, how would you feel if somebody did that to you? And if you wouldn't like it, then don't do it, right? It's, it's really, it kind of gets that simple. So if we're going to be as simple as, if you wouldn't like it, why would you do it? Would you like people accusing you of things in relationship? Like, you're not doing this for me. You aren't blah, blah, blah. Do you like when those words come at you? Probably not. So what language do you like to hear? And that's the kind of language that you can play with delivering to your partner so that you can have a more functional relationship, less accusatory, more empathic and more active listening, which we will talk about in a minute. But first, we're going to go to our commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. 
graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we are talking about receiving rejection and the value of rejection and what can it do for our relationships. So just before we went to break, I was talking about practicing empathy and active listening. And one of the things with practicing empathy is to be able to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And I think one of the questions that is the simplest to ask is, how would you feel? If, if you said those things that you said to you, how would that make you feel? It actually has you stop for a second and become much more conscious and aware of what you're saying or being or doing. And it does, it can take practice. If it's something that you haven't been taught as a child, uh, it, it does take practice. It's a new skill to learn. So learning how to do that, stopping, putting yourself in the other person's shoes, and then asking questions or even reflecting on what the person said instead of, again, not going to blame, but using the eyes is really helpful. So I'll give you, oh, we'll kind of talk about some examples. So first things first is when you are, I, when I was talking about practicing empathy and being in the other person's shoes. So if a person says to you, I'm, you know, I was really hurt when you did A, B, C, and D. As an active listener, what you would say is, so what I hear is that when I did A, B, C, and D, I hurt you. Is there something that I could do different? And yes, we actually need to teach people how to treat us. And there is no standard answer for how they could or should treat us. So is there something I could do better? The answer to that isn't, well, you should just know what to do. I shouldn't have to tell you. If you're actually going to defensive actions like that, you probably don't even know what's going to help you yourself. So you're just like in defensive mode. Instead, you could go, you know what? I don't know right now, but what I will do is I'll reflect on it and I'll let you know when I know. Do you see how that kind of clears it up? Instead of going, well, you should know. You sh Why should I tell you? I've told you 500 times, why should I tell you again? 
I have a friend who is the CEO of Inspired Choices Network who has mentioned many times, you have to tell a person 400 times before they hear you. And ain't that the truth? And the truth thing is that that is true in relationships as well. You might have to say it 400 times and you might not say it 400 times the exact same way. You might switch your wording up so that it can shift. Blaming of going, you never blah, blah, blah. There's about the 300 times and the person shuts off and all they hear is the Charlie Brown noise. And then 301, you've switched your tone and you went, I just want to talk to you about how I feel when you say no for sex is I feel rejected and I feel like you don't love me. Oh, hallelujah. You're not saying you reject me and you make me feel like who, and now I feel like you don't, and, and you don't love me. Instead of saying that makes me feel like you don't love me, you don't love me is accusatory and giving that person feelings, whether that's true or not. It's, it can, if you're ready for war, go there. So yes, we actually need to learn how to communicate with each other. We have not been taught. I don't know very many people who have, although I'm seeing some pretty cool tiny beings on Instagram and uh, different social media platforms that are have parents who are very clear with facilitating this with their kids. And they have language that will say stuff like, when you said this to me that I couldn't go outside, I was very hurt. And when I got hurt a little later, I was very sad. And when I was sad, I felt like you didn't love me. And I just watched a kid say that on Instagram, who was about three years old, was very emotionally aware. And I was like, absolutely brilliant parenting to be able to give your kids the language. And not all kids can do this either. So it's not just the parenting. Um, some kids are just naturally taken by being able to um, say how they feel as well, right? So this is their emotional awareness plus facilitated by parenting is an amazing thing. Um, that's really cool. And to see little beings be able to do that and be really clear and calm when talking about how they feel hurt. Uh, I'll see if I can find that video. I, I was just taken away. It's absolutely this child's words. And and you can tell that this child has heard these words many times because the parent probably sits down really calmly and explains everything to the child so the child can explain very calmly back what's going on. So how do we practice empathy is acknowledge that you're not the only one with feelings in this relationship and the other person might have feelings too. The willingness to step into the other person's shoes and feel how they feel instead of going and saying things like, well, I just don't feel that way. So, okay, yes, you, I know you don't feel that way. This is why the discussion has come up. Do you, are you able to step into that other person's shoes to see how they feel rejected? And are you able to have a conversation about it in a mature way so that you can also not just be on uh, the person who's feeling rejected. This isn't all just about them. This is about relationship development. So it's about active listening, practicing empathy as well. So how do we active listen? Really being able to see the other person's viewpoint, be calm, be quiet, listen to them. And you might drift off in your eyes or whatever. A lot of times when people do roll their eyes back or up or whatever, 
they're kind of tapping into their thoughts and trying to tap into their memories to see if they remember what you remember. So it isn't, isn't like a rejection always. So knowing some things about body language can be helpful as well so that you don't feel like there they go rolling their eyes at me. There they go looking off on the distance like there's some you know, other some other zone. I look off in other zones all the time, even on the show. If you ever watch the videos, I look off into the twilight while I talk to you guys. And sometimes it's the animals. And yes, it's lovely. I can be doing both things at the same time and be present with you while I'm speaking. So the other thing that can come up with active listening is to be able to respond in a way that is active and not a yeah uh yeah oh, or actively listening and repeating something that was never said because you're in la la land in your own imagination and you're thinking of something completely different and don't have the capacity to be present for 35 seconds so being present means that you hear what the person is saying you look at them and then if they ask you do you did you hear me and then you repeat back not necessarily verbatim but you repeat back the gist of what they said then you know you have an active listener also a person can active listen in other ways where they might give you uh, a comparative story so that you know so their way of active listening which is true for some uh, a lot of people on the spectrum uh, that you know the tendency to be able to give a reflective story like oh yeah the thing you were just saying it reminds me of this experience i had when i felt rejected blah 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 it's their way of active listening acknowledging you through their story because they need to be able to identify themselves in the story and that's how they can practice empathy is by identifying with you in their story to be able to have empathy for you by knowing what it felt like for them. I hope that makes sense. That might sound a little wrapped around. Okay, moving right along. I think I could talk about practicing empathy and active listening for an entire episode, but I won't right now. Um, practicing empathy is super useful when it comes to communicating your desires and sex, your desires in general, but especially your desires and sex uh, practicing empathy and active listening are good tools for both parenting, for intimate relationships, and also for employees and employers. Practicing these tools for any relationship you have is fantastic. I just happen to be relating this today to um, partnerships, whether you're, you know, married or you're in partner with one person, or if you're in those polyamorous relationships we talked about a few episodes ago. Practicing empathy and active listening is relevant to all relationships, no matter how many people are involved. What I mentioned before, and a few times I've mentioned, is communicating your feelings constructively, which is when I was talking about using the I rather than doing the accusations. Now, accusations are easy to come up with. You did la la la. We're very easy to project that stuff about everybody else and their behavior. So I super uh, invite you to check into your feelings. What is going on for you? And yes, it's a little bit tougher and a little bit more emotional. And this is where you're going to get to the truth of things. So when communicating with your partner about rejection, it's crucial that you use the words I. 
and be constructive. So rather than going, you always reject me, you can try saying things like, I feel hurt and rejected when you don't spend time with me. Now, do you feel like the difference? Very different, right? Like you, 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 why are you hurting my feelings all the time? Okay, this is how, how do you feel? Oh, I feel hurt. Oh, okay. That's cool. And then if that person feels hurt, you can't say, well, no, well, you shouldn't feel hurt. Well, it doesn't matter that you think they shouldn't feel hurt. They feel hurt. Acknowledge that. That's part of that active listening. Okay. I hear you that you feel. So here's the active listening from the I feel hurt and rejected when you don't want to spend time with me. I hear you. What I hear is that you feel hurt and rejected when I don't want to spend time with you. I hear you. And are there some ways that we could spend time together that we would both enjoy? Would you like to explore some ideas? And I think when it comes down to that, sometimes having a like a sex and intimacy coach or a relationship coach come in and assist with that is helpful. Uh, when we're negotiating things, I like to bring partners in and have people come up with ideas, each person bringing ideas to the table. So whether you know you bring three ideas of what you would like to do to spend time together and your partner brings three ideas together of what they would like to do to spend time together, throw them in a hat. You've got six ideas now. That could be six weeks or say three weeks where you're spending time, intentional time together twice a week or once a week. You've got six ideas to play with and they can be recycled. Pull one out of the hat, do it. And it's not like, oh, we got yours again. Well, you've got three of each in there. The chances are you're going to, you know, you pull one out, goes into the next hat for the next six times, right? So you're not going to repeat the same one over and over again. You'll get to be able to do the things together that you both enjoy. I don't even know how this is happening, but we're at the next commercial break. So we're going to move on to some of the other tools for uh, working through rejection and having better communication when we come back. You're listening into the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network and we'll be right back after this commercial are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives what if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone on the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. 
Tonight, we are talking all about rejection and certain things that can make us feel rejected, whether it's behaviors or mannerisms or words or actions, and how do we communicate what's going on without being accusatory and creating any like warfare and relationships, whether that's with a friend, a partner, uh, or anything like that. So, so one of the things might be like saying, I feel, I feel rejected when you, when I see you rolling your eyes and then, you know, your partner could be like, oh, wait a second. I didn't know that because right now I'm just thinking. So it could, it can really just be that it can be as simple as that, or it can be like, when, when you don't want to spend time with me, I feel like you don't love me. Ah, okay, so what can we do to change that? So do you see how even though it started with when you don't want to spend time with me, I feel like you don't love me. It's similar. It's it, it's similar to like I feel hurt and rejected when you don't want to spend time with me. Similar words. It's it's definitely not saying you always reject me. It's just saying when you do this, this is how I feel. I feel this when you do this. It's very similar. So it's not that there's like a perfect thing with this and definitely practice the language and practice keeping it in the eye, practice keeping it personal to your experience and what you're going through. Or, you know, I feel like you don't even have to do things like you remind me of my mother. No, it's not really that. It's like, I feel, so what is it about your mother that's going on that's pissing you off? Like, does your mother make you feel unloved? then you would go to, I feel unloved when you leave dirty clothes on the floor. Oh, okay. So it's not like you remind me of your mother when you leave dirty clothes on the floor. That's like, what? The person will just be like, what are you, I'm not your mother. What are you talking about? It's not that it's the underlying feeling of whatever it was about your mother or the emotion behind it. So we're always looking at like what, what's triggering you. There's an emotion or an action that created an emotion that's triggering you to have these things come up and be able to then um, dissect that and go, because we're going to dissect it, it's going to be big. It's usually quite simple. Wanting to be loved is usually what it comes down to. And we're just trying to find out how we don't feel loved and finding ways to feel loved, right? And we're going to really simplify it. So one of the things we also, um, you know, is also really helpful in creating better communication is avoid making assumptions. You know that saying, it makes an ass out of, well, everyone, that's the uh, ass everyone word, but assumptions are big and assuming what your partner's motives or feelings are is cray cray. We don't know and it can change all the time. Even assuming your own actually can be crazy because you're like, I definitely know how I feel. You feel angry right now, but you might be so angry you don't know what is is causing that or what what has triggered you. And even though you're like, well, you did it again. Okay, well, the last time we talked about that, something got resolved, so you did it again. What is it that's underlying that, right? And I, I actually encourage you not to necessarily try and psychoanalyze your partners because that just gets messy too. Um, it is more helpful to bring in other people. Um, people who are neutral parties can be helpful, even if it's not like a, a, 
a relationship coach or a, a sex and intimacy coach, having a third neutral party can be helpful. Some people use counselors or, uh, you know, some people go to their priests or whatever. So having somebody that's neutral is helpful. Having some training is helpful too. So you don't have your friends bringing in their opinions. All right. So uh, although I do work with my friends and um, that takes a lot of practice to be neutral for people when they're your friends. So it can be a little bit easier to jump to conclusions for sure. And we try our best not to. So instead of jumping to conclusions, um, you might wanna say something like, I'm feeling rejected right now. Can you help me understand why you, why you don't want this anymore? So if say, for example, you're asking for sex and your partner's like, no, I don't, I don't want it. I'm feeling rejected right now. Can you help me understand why you don't want this anymore? Would be like an answer. It would be like a question that you might ask. If you've been having sex with your partner forever and all of a sudden they don't want it anymore, they might not even know why something might have changed. Some emotional stuff might be up in the air. Um, you might've said something that triggered them and they just didn't wanna talk about it. However, not talking about it is gonna create havoc. So work, definitely work through it, have some conversations, bring in a negotiator, get some assistance. Um, always reconcile the underlying issues because there's generally a lot going on underneath. So if there are issues of partnerships, friendships that are going on, um, you gotta look at all the deeper underlying stuff and having, having a support group for that, whether it's you counselors or your your coaches can be helpful as well. And communicating when you feel rejected. If you can do that right off the bat, it's helpful rather than going back, you know, 12 years later and going, remember on October 13th, 1912, darling, you came in that one day and you threw the flowers on the ground and you stormed out of the room and then you threw the coffee at the wall. Well, that day I felt rather rejected. And I know it's been 111 years later, but I still hold on to that resentment. Do you get how cray cray that is? Yeah, I know I took 111 years, but 111 years is a long time to hold on to stuff. So let's deal with it within a few days so that your partner knows what the heck you're talking about. So they don't feel like they're insane and you don't feel insane either trying to remind them and bring up old stuff that was probably laid to rest in some people's minds. But then in others, it's still floating around there like a pile of sludge sludge let's clean the sludge and have the conversations way sooner than later for sure so remember for this week to stay tuned in and turned on we have some great shows coming up next week is the pleasure playbook for sexual bliss let's have fun with that thank you for listening to the pleasure zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.